0: Hello everybody. Uh, This is Juan Carlos and welcome to OCR Unedited where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people from the OCR and trail communities for fun, unscripted, and unedited conversations. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jessie Montague, better known as The Smiley Spartan. She is also a teacher. Jessie is also a co-founder of Team Grid OCR Online, an elite athlete for Team Grid OCR, and Spartan Pro Team that's based out of Singapore. Um, For those that don't know this amazing OCR athlete, Jessie went from running her first 5K three, four years ago uh, to gaining a place at Spartan Pro Team this year in 2020. She has achieved three top finishes in seven Spartan races worldwide at distances ranging from from 5 to 50K, which is incredible. Jessie is also the first female to podium in all five distances, Stadium, Sprint, Super, Beast, and Ultra all in her first elite year. So welcome to OCR Edited, Jesse. Um, I really appreciate you you taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me today. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. I feel like I need that written on a billboard to just follow me around when I'm not having a good day. That was amazing.
0: (laughs) I've been practicing and uh, I've been practicing and practicing. And like we were talking offline that I also been practicing on how to say your last name until recently. I just came (laughs) to find out that I was pronouncing it and practicing in the wrong way (laughs) until now. So I hope I got it right. You did. You did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) So first question that uh, people are interested in knowing is, um, tell us a little about yourself. Who is uh, Jesse Montague?
1: Oh, that's a big question. Um, so currently I am, so I'm a teacher, as you said. Um, I've taught for eight years now. So I qualified in the UK and then I moved out to Singapore to do international teaching. Okay. And that's actually where I found OCR. So yeah, a bit of a journey. Um, growing up, I was really unfit really unhealthy um I really enjoyed food so my mum is Italian and she's a bit of a feeder so portion sizes were way too big and combined (laughs) with the uh lack of exercise it was not a good combination so I think when I finished university I was well I was about 25 kilos heavier than I am now I could barely get to the end of the road without getting out of breath let alone running um anything wow And I kind of realized that actually, it was funny, because when I started losing weight, people used to say to me, oh, I never really noticed that you were that big. Um, But yeah, so kind of the weight loss started first. And then I realized that I'd have to include some exercise as well. And at first, I hated it. And that's really funny to look back on now. So one of the stories that sticks out in my mind is when I first started going to the gym, my husband had to bribe me. So he said to me, (laughs) right, so if you go to the gym... I'll give you like this chart. Like I'm I'm teacher through and through, so I'm like a twenty year old adult, and he's got me this sticker chart. And I'm like, okay, I went to the gym once, and when you go to the gym thirty times, I'll buy you. I think he bought me a bag or something like that.
0: So yeah, it
1: was genuinely a case of like going from no idea of anything, of really unhealthy lifestyle, and then kind of it's a slow journey. It has to be slow if you want it if you want it to, to count. Um, but yeah, it's funny to look back on that progress of of who I was then to kind of where I am now, but yeah, things have changed a lot.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. So Jesse, when I came across your story, um, your profile and read your story, let's say, um, I should say I was in awe. I was inspired your transformation going back three, four years ago to the day that you did your, uh, your first 5k, if I'm correct to now becoming a Spartan pro athlete is a remarkable story. (laughs) Um, So how did you get started in athletics? Um, Even though I just said the first 5k there and how did you discover OCR? Can you take me through that journey?
1: yeah Please. sure um this is a funny one I've told it a few times and I always shout out to my friend Benina so she'll be listening to this going oh yep yeah, there's my name again um <laughs> but yeah we used to do yeah so like you say I, the first 5k actually came as a result of the Spartan so I'd been yeah. doing a bit of kind of going to the gym I used to be that girl that I look back on now who I was sat on the bike I wasn't necessarily doing anything on the bike. I was just okay. catching up on my texts while in the gym. <laughs> um, so I did a few years of kind of, okay. of attending the gym. And I used to say to people, I, I just don't sweat. I'm just I'm just not a sweaty person. And then my friend said to me the other day, she was like, babe, I just don't think you were working hard enough to actually break a sweat <laughs> up that Yeah, time. exactly. And I was like, yeah, I think actually you're probably right. Um, so anyway, so I went to um, something called Esselstyn. I don't know whether you guys got that. It's basically like a a chain gym uh, concept. So I used to do classes with a couple of friends and my friend came across this Spartan race and she's like, oh, this will be really fun. Let's do it together. So me and my husband have been lifting weights for a year or so by that point. So we're like, yeah, we're really fit. We're really strong. We can totally do a Spartan race. And it was the most awful experience of my entire life so no. I think honestly I had until that point I had never run so I remember saying to my friend oh I probably should I should probably see if I can run like a few kilometers oh if yeah. I can run two or three kilometers I can definitely do five <laughs> and so I'd run just out my house and down the road and I remember messaging her being yeah. like okay I've done three kilometers I've got this and obviously Singapore which is where we were at the time is incredibly humid so I had totally underestimated it I didn't take any water I had no idea about nutrition or fueling we turned up at this race and my friend was like okay I'm like we're gonna run it obviously try our best and I was like yeah sure I'll stick with you and she went off the start line and I was like Okay, this is a bit this is a bit harder than I thought, and I'm running and I'm, I'm trying to catch my, catch my breath, and she's disappearing further into the distance. And I'm like, yeah. well, I can't be on my own. So anyway, we I failed the rope climb. I couldn't work out Olympus, so I was trying to put my feet in the handholds and like scale it. Anyway. It was, <laughs> The whole thing was a disaster. I got <laughs> to the point where I was so so overheated that my skin felt like it was on fire. And I just crushed And I thought, that was so embarrassing. Like, how wow. could I be? And because I kind of perceived that I had been in the gym, I didn't think it would be that bad. And I think that was a real eye-opener that cardio is an important part of your life. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I kind of looked at it. And I'm not very good at being bad at things. So I was like, right, I need redemption on this. I cannot have this as being my only obstacle course racing experience. So, yeah, I had to go off and have a little bit of a practice for a bit.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. So, Okay. So, I mean, eventually you went back and did it again and you did it again and look where you are now.
1: Exactly. How does that
0: (laughs) feel to know, you know, look how far you've come to where you are now. I mean, that must be like such just that, that feeling, that rewarding feeling, like all the hard work that you put in and look where you are now. It's like, that's gotta be amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's definitely been a team effort. I'm very lucky my husband coaches me, so it's been his hard work too. But yeah, I think, Especially for me, because when I first started racing, I'd look at the girls going off the elite start line and I would just think, oh my word, they are like this mythical creature and they've got six (laughs) packs and they're running in these sports bras and oh my goodness. And I think the more I started to talk to them, I kind of got to this place where I was like, everyone in the elite category has had like a lifetime in fitness. So they were either a runner from birth or they've been dancing their entire (laughs) life. And I was kind of looking at it going, Oh no, like I've got a real big issue here because I only ran 5k like two weeks ago. So this could be a problem. And I think the more that, yeah, I'm, I've I've worked really hard for it, but it was nice that as it was, as the journey progressed, it was nice that that hard work was paying off. So I've definitely been rewarded for it.
0: Yeah. I don't think I know anybody that's friends since birth.
1: <laughs> well, not maybe I was I know but... what you mean. Yeah. I
0: know exactly what you mean, but it was just funny when I heard that.
1: <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, stop telling me how you were running, like winning races when you were seven. That makes me feel
0: sad. <laughs> You know, what? you're just remarkable. You're amazing. Um, so you are now, co you know, you're co-founder of um, TeamGrid OCR online, not gym. And uh, so how long have you guys, have you and Sean been doing that? And what kind of training do you offer?
1: So we started it, it's coming up to about a year now, which is okay. crazy. So we launched the website in November last year. Um, And it was more kind of basically what we realized is that we're very lucky because my husband's lost a lot of weight as well. Um, He's now actually lost as much as like 40 kilos. So he's lost like a small human being. Yeah. So um, Mm. we basically, we were very lucky. We've been together since we were 15. So we've managed to kind of stay in line on this journey gotcha. and both found OCR, both absolutely loved it. Um, Sean's an SGX coach, so he was working quite closely with the community as well. Yeah. And then we'd go down to races and we'd often volunteer and staff for them. And we just realized we had like this wealth of amazing people surrounding us. And then from seeing where Sean had managed to got me, got me in my progress, we kind of went, oh shit, he's actually quite good at this. <laughs> so uh, what can we do to share this with other people so we put together a website just as like we used to go and do it at my school so we'd be in the school at like 7 p.m on a Friday night like putting together this website and we basically just put together so we've got a blog uh, we do some podcasting and then we offer like a range of different programs so um, Sean does online coaching for like higher level athletes are like people looking for age group and elite and then he also does a kind of a second tier coaching for type of people who are maybe just getting set out or they want to finish their first race they've got like a 10k time in mind something a bit less kind of all in Um, and then we have some like eight week like sprint specific super specific programs as well Um, and we have a monthly option for more of kind of like the high rocks like short course OCR stuff. So it's just been a really fun way. We've got people training with us all across the world. So we've got a guy in America who's killing it. We've got some girls in Singapore, a couple of guys in
0: Scotland. That is awesome.
1: Even in the UK. It's just, it's amazing. It's really That is awesome.
0: Good for him. You know what? So... This is my next question, which was, uh, now I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to mention Sean. So Sean mm-hmm. is a fully qualified personal trainer. And like you yeah. said, he's an XGX uh, certified obstacle course coach with several age group podiums underneath his belt. He so does. he's no joke, everybody. <laughs> this guy's the real deal. And so good for Sean. I don't know if he's there. You sell him, tell him I, you know, Gives him many thumbs up. That's great. So what's it like having your husband, Sean, as your coach? I mean, he's got a wealth of knowledge and experience in the OCR game, so he knows what he's doing.
1: Do you know what? It's a good job he's not in the room right now because he'd be giving me daggers. Um, I was the world's (laughs) worst client at first. So oh, I, think, <laughs> I think coaching your wife is not, is not the one. And it's funny because I think it took, it took, okay, honestly, it took me a while to trust in what he was saying. And I used to drive him mad because I'm really kind of, when I first started, I was a chronic overtrainer. I think because I'd gone from nothing and I had this vision that I had to get to this point that yes. I couldn't do enough because I was always playing captain. So, I was reading books and I was speaking to other racers and people on the internet and poor Sean would offer some advice and I'd be like, but you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. then someone else would come along and offer the same advice. And I would be like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Sean would just be sat there like, I've already told you this. But <laughs> So yeah, I was, I was a pretty terrible client for, a very long time but basically what happened is I ran age group for about a year and then we had the decision to make of when would be the time for me to move to elite or would I move to elite and there was Singapore had announced a stadium race in the January of 2019 and because I'd been doing more kind of gym based stuff and because I hadn't been running if I, I thought that if I would perform well at any race it would probably be a stadium because you've got less running there's more kind of like the box jumps and the uh, OCR kind of cross with CrossFit. So like, okay, well, if I'm going to give it a go, we may as well do it now. And I remember we were actually on holiday at the time and I sat there and I was like, okay, you can be my coach. Like we'll make it official. And I promise. And he was like, are you going to stop not listening to me? Like, okay. I promise that I will try and listen to you. <laughs> so I think from that point, he tells me now, I'm, I'm a good client now. So I feel like I've made well, good that's progress. that's good. you made some I live- progress.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do have to catch myself sometimes. Like, we'll be in the middle. Because we obviously train together as well. So there's sometimes where he's my coach. And there's sometimes where we'll be doing a workout together. And he'll be like, pick up the wall ball. <laughs> and in the middle of the workout, I'm like, shut up, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You're my husband right now, not my coach. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs>
0: oh, that is awesome. You know... my my wife, uh, we used to train together and we still do at times, but she's also, you know, she is now my nutritionist. She Mm. takes care of that part for me. So, you know, but I, you know, uh, her, she used to do OCR races. And so, you know, you know, she, I, I I can relate to that having you know having that partner that you do not only do you train with but you run mm. with and so um, and when it comes to nutrition and, and you know the, the various foods sometimes I'll say honey I'm not you know what can, can we can we eat this can we eat that no she's firm oh. no this is what <laughs> you gotta do this is what you're gonna eat say like, okay great thanks
1: it sat in the sat in the back garden eating a burger trying not to be spotted like,
0: exactly i'll be calling my homies everybody can you bring me your burger please i'll see you outside the door in the backyard
1: <laughs> meet me in the car park
0: <laughs> exactly oh, oh my god that's funny so um your husband sean uh, he's also an ocr athlete and uh do you find it easier to share the sport or do you both get competitive with each other?
1: Um, I'm competitive full stop. So I think, no, do you know what? I think the best thing has been that we both enjoy it because in terms of like traveling to races and like making our weekends become like big training sessions and the ideal weekend for us is we'll go and do a big CrossFit session with some friends and then we'll go and have burgers or something. So I think the fact that we've both come on the journey together has been really important for, for that. Um, When we're in the middle of a workout, I'm, I want to win every workout and I get (laughs) he's like, twice my size wow. and I'm like well I'll still try <laughs> so I think he's he's a very chilled human being so I think he just kind of rises in it he's a very good husband in that he hates running but he does come running with me quite a lot so oh, in that awesome. sense I'm very lucky but yeah <laughs> that is awesome
0: it just makes life so much easier doesn't it for oh sure. my god for sure. oh my god so um for everybody listening and watching you know Jessie is she's a true remarkable athlete so as an athlete she's won she's yeah she's finished three times gold um, or she's made uh, podium uh, gold three times sorry yeah three times and you've had second place finishes four times that's remarkable Mm -hmm. all in Mm -hmm. one year in your first elite year so uh 26th of January 2019 in Singapore stadium race you came in mm. second place uh that same that same uh is it that same day you also did the team event in Singapore we took it. And, yeah uh, so
1: i took my i work with um a group of teachers and they kept saying cuz all i do is talk about Spartan racing so they kept saying to me well, well come on then what is it what do you actually do and i was like well come on let's do one together so once I'd run the elite race, I then took them out in an open wave and we just did it fun. So that was cool.
0: <laughs> March 2nd, 2019, you did the super in Malaysia, I believe it is, and mm. you came in first mm-hmm. place. April 27, 2019, I, um, I believe this is in Malaysia as well? Uh, Singapore, that one. Singapore, sorry. You mm. did the sprint and you came in second. In the Philippines, Lima, uh, the sprint in May 2019, you came in first place. Like, these are remarkable races. So, Thank you. Um, so going over your accomplishments, you're also a teacher, a wife, business owner, along with your husband, a professional athlete now. Um, a lot of people find, you know, find the struggle to find a balance. So how do you manage to do it all?
1: That's a really good question. I think... It's funny because people often say to me, how do you stay so motivated? Like, how do you stay motivated to train? I think I've become very lucky in the sense that when it comes to training, that's my downtime. So that's my chill time. So rather than kind of kicking back and watching TV, I'd rather be going out for a run. So I think what's really interesting is I, I remember the difference. So like I said, I had to be bribed to go to the gym, the gym. So I can That's totally, funny. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because that feels like a totally different person now. Like I can almost, I'm like two different people. And I look back on previous me and I see photos and the photos blow my mind because I'm like a different person. Um, but I remember like it, it's not easy. And so I can totally empathize with people just out um on how challenging that can be to find the time to actually want to do it um so I think I think it comes down to just kind of consistency and habit um I tend to find so I don't buy into all these kind of the whole like never miss a Monday thing I think that's rubbish I always have a Monday rest day so for me I'm like you can miss Monday and not throw your whole week away and I think it's also about like just moving if you're just setting out just move more I think the fitness industry tries to complicate it too much and we really just need to strip it back down to eat better like eat well when you can you're not going to get it perfectly all the time and move more when you can so if you're working like at the minute I'm working from home so I do a lot of sitting down on my calls but actually I've now made myself a little standing desk and between calls I'll just literally stand up and I do just like a lap of my house um and it's just those little bits that kind of keep things ticking over and then it comes down to prioritizing what you want. Like if you want exactly. to perform, you've, you've got to find the time. And actually finding 20 minutes in the morning, setting your alarm 20 minutes earlier will make the world of difference for your health and for your training.
0: Exactly. I mean, I wake up really early in the morning to go and train, Uh, wake up at five, go go do my runs, my train, I come back and then I'm free for the rest of the day. I don't have to worry. And if I do find a little bit of time here and there, I'll I'll, I'll do some upper body workout or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, I for somebody to say that, uh, you know, there's not enough hours in the day for you to go and exercise, that's wrong. I mean, it's mm. just a matter of you putting that foot forward and, and, and making that change and deciding, okay, this is my plan. This is what I'm doing. You stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's how I see it. But uh, no, you're right. Now, is there a moment in your athletic career you are most proud of?
1: Oh, good question. Um, you think I'd have thought of that before. I hadn't actually thought about this. Um, <laughs> I think the minute that you get to ultra distance that always kind of brings a real sense of pride so I was hoping you I think, mentioned that. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually like you mentioned it at the start so last year I was kind of on track so I'd done a super and a sprint and come on the podium and then I did a the stadium as and so I was basically looking, and I was training for the ultra um, in Malaysia. And I then was looking at some stats. So Jack Bauer does all the Spartan stats.
0: Yeah, he's I the numbers man.
1: He is the numbers man. And I actually had a chat with him, and he was kind of saying, there's not really many people who have podiumed all five distances. And then we realized that no one had done it. So there's, I think there's a handful of women who have done it, but no one had done it in their first elite year. So That's suddenly funny. I was like, right. Game on. (laughs) So I think it's two, yeah, two proudest moments. One being finishing that ultra and getting to the finish line. And it was particularly, I mean, Dave Tully, the race director in Malaysia, is renowned for putting a gauntlet at the end of every race. So you (laughs) find, so I think it was, so literally like 49 kilometers into this race. And you get to the end, and within a kilometer, you've got tyro, spear throw, rope climb rings, perk hoist, A-frame and then a fire jump and coming in after running, I think I'd been running for like eight hours and I just looked at this set of obstacles and I was like oh god failed my spear throw <laughs> so I'm like okay so I'm doing burpees okay rope climb I was like rope climb will be a piece of cake I've never failed a rope climb literally got to like hand on the rope was reaching to ring the bell and I just slid I was just no. so tired yeah no. and I just slid all the way luckily I had gloves on
0: Jesse and I how could you I,
1: <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like I can't believe that's just happened like my body Exa- was just totally yeah. rebelling from any and the volunteer bless her she was like you can have another go like I can't <laughs> you is, didn't
0: have like a temper tantrum at, at, at the bottom there
1: You know what? I was so broke. I I am when I'm in the middle of (laughs) I have been known to have a few tantrums. But I just was so exhausted. And so I I did these burpees thinking, oh my goodness, and then got to the rig and it was all slippery. And so I thought I cannot do by this point I'd done two hundred and forty burpees. So I could not face another burpee. Yeah. So I chicken winged the whole of the rig and the Good. bruises on my arms the next day. I was
0: but like, you got no through I am,
1: it. I just need to get through this. I just need to make it to the finish line. And That's right. Then it's over. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Look at you.
1: That's incredible.
0: But you know what? You're not the only one who's been there in, in, before. And, oh. you know, when you get to when you've been running, you're tired and all of a sudden, you get to a set of obstacles—not one. You got various obstacles, and you're like, "What in the world am I gonna do now?" Now I, I gotta keep this PG,
1: but mm-hmm. whatever—if it slips, <laughs> it slips.
0: Don't worry about it. This is unedited, like I said. Um, so, like, what the hell am I gonna do? I know that feeling. Oh my god! I mean, if you got a chicken wing, you got a chicken wing. You know, the, the goal here is to get across. <laughs> The goal is for you to jump that fire and then get to that line. That's oh all, and you did it. So congratulations! I did,
1: thank goodness.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I have another question here uh, going off from a list of questions that I have for you. So you mentioned 50K. Mm-hmm. Now, how does it feel you running a 50K when you just, not so long ago, just, you know, you did your first 5K. And, you know, how was that yeah. that accomplishment, I... finishing and being able to like, oh. I know that you must have thought, my God, I just did 50K. <laughs> yeah. How was that feeling?
1: It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I think what's funny is when I when I first started running, I hated running. So hence why I'd only done 2K like or 5K. Like most of it. And that is isn't it funny? Like I you speak to so many people and they absolutely hate running. And I did. And at some point I think I think what happened is I got injured. So from having never run to then I was running because obviously I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. Then I was doing like 80k a week and didn't have the foresight to think that you should probably build up to these things. So then I got a ton of overuse injuries because I'm an idiot. And then I basically had like a six month period where I couldn't run. And I would get on the treadmill and about 500 meters in my leg would my ITB would be screaming at me and I would I just be things. I would just stop the treadmill and that would be it and I think I got so frustrated with not being able to run and basically I was heel striking and my mechanics were awful so I went and saw a running coach and have come such a long way and I think because I realized that I couldn't run I kind of made a deal with myself that if i got to the point where i could run again i would never bloody complain about running ever again okay. so then i managed to kind of start focusing on the things i did enjoy and what i'd do is on a run i'd start telling myself 10 things i was grateful for or 10 things i was happy with and at, at some point it changed and now i i cannot get enough of it i love love running i love finding new trails right. it is my favorite thing to do so i it if you're sat there listening and you hate running, you can change. Things can change.
0: It's <laughs> true. And you know what? I hope you're not heel striking anymore.
1: I'm not. Thank goodness. Thank you very
0: much. <laughs> that's how I know now that you're a good runner. Because I love running too. I, I I come from hating it to loving running, especially trail runner. Uh, mm, trail running. Too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. So um, that's just remarkable, the fact that you can now do a 50K just like that.
1: Yeah, I think... I think once you enjoy the process I think for me as well I find it fascinating
0: so I was trying
1: to explain this to my friend the other day and no one got it so I was just like the lonely nut in the room being like (laughs) but running's great because the thing that fascinates me have you done have you done any ultra distances? Yes I have. Yeah so the thing that I find interesting is how the pain just moves so I was trying to explain this to my friend. so we did, um before I left Singapore, I ran with some friends, so we did one side of Singapore to the other, and it's it's about, it's 50k. Um, So we just sat out one morning, and we just were like, right, we're going to cover, this will be a good thing to do before I leave, is I'm going to run from one end of Singapore to the other, let's go. And I have crazy friends wow. that will do that with me, so that's great. But while we were running, I had like a pain, a little pain in my foot, but... I've learned now that actually that's quite normal when you start hitting like 30, 40, 50K and then yep. then it moves. So then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Now the pain is in my left knee. Yeah, <laughs> then,
0: that, oh, yeah, that knee. little pain you're talking about tends to move around <laughs> in your leg. <laughs> I can't seem to quite, you know, no. <laughs> locate the source, but it moves around. It's it there. does.
1: And, and I was saying to my friend, I, was like, I just find it really fascinating. <laughs> I just, I'm really interested to see what my body is capable of. And actually... I have to kind of barter with Sean in in terms of how much distance I can do because... When most of the Spartan races are under 21, it doesn't make sense to keep doing crazy long runs. But I think my my plan is, as I get older, I'm gonna migrate into trail racing and like do some like crazy long stuff. So
0: <laughs> exactly, you know what? And, and for me too. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a Spartan athlete, but I, I find myself now uh, going into that direction and training on mm. those long di- uh, trail distances. And eventually, I'll be you know transitioning into that slowly. But uh, you know no. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's exciting. Um, okay. So with COVID-19, you know, of course, it's ha- it hasn't impacted uh, the whole race season for all of us. So pro- as a professional athlete, um, how has this changed your life and how has it impacted your business?
1: Oh, good question. Um well, I actually found out an hour and 44 minutes ago that the UK series has been cancelled. So um, in all honesty, I had a little cry in the field while I was having a walk. Uh, so that's okay. I feel like it's important to, to show disappointment um, because we train hard, right? So you're constantly training. I think it was tricky for me because, so I relocated from Singapore in August. So I had big plans this year. Um, I was going to take part in the Southeast Asian series. I was hoping to kind of leave on a high. I'd actually booked my flight home was supposed to be two days after the the final race. Um, So we had all these kind of grand plans and obviously everyone has had disappointments and a lot of them are more serious than my racing career. So I'm not going to moan on it too much. Um, But it's really challenging to stay at such a high level of training when things aren't necessarily getting cancelled, they're just getting continually moved. Yeah. So I kind of spoke to my husband about this and I was like, it would have been easier if obviously no one knew this and no one can predict. But if in January they said, right, everything is cancelled until like come back in twenty twenty one. But nothing is happening. I think it would have been easier than okay, this race is now a month later. Oh, but then this one's moved to be in line with this race. And okay, we told you this one was happening, but now it's going to be in this location. And
0: Exactly.
1: Oh, it's been it's, very tricky.
0: <laughs> so confusing. And, it's, and that same issue has uh, is happened here in, uh, in, in Canada and the US. And it's unfortunate. But in a way, I'm glad that here in Canada and the US that things were postponed for the mm-hmm. safety, not only of the staff, yeah. whether it be uh, Spartan races or any outside you know, OCR races out of Spartan, you know, I'm glad they did that for the safety mm-hmm. of, the, of the staff and the participants and, all the, and everybody mm-hmm. that's running. I think it's important that we all maintain that, um, that physical distancing and, and, you know, try and stay away from gatherings like this. And let's just yeah. hope that all this clears so we can get back to that normality, you know, yeah, of sure. getting back to racing, yeah. But um, I think
1: you're absolutely right.
0: So are there places in the world that you have been able to see that you probably wouldn't have seen if you weren't uh, a professional competitive athlete?
1: Yes, and I think that's one of my favorite things about racing is I love traveling anyway. So it became like this perfect combination of being able to travel and being able to race as well. So I think the beauty with Asia is that often – when you get taken to races in Asia, you really are going to places that are not on the map. So kind of crazy off the beaten track places in the Philippines. Um, I think the one that sticks out in my head in particular is the ultra actually that I did in in Malaysia in Sarawak was then again, shout out to Dave Tully who put on the race. He'd kind of carved it through um, an area in Sarawak that went through the back of the orangutan center. So they have this huge, orangutan center that has all rehabilitated orangutans and they live in the wild, but they kind of come in to feed and you can go and sit in the platform and and then there they are. And I'd actually taken, in my my life as a teacher, I'd taken a couple of classes on a school trip there. So I'm familiar with the area. And then they announced that the race is gonna be held there as well. So I think highlight of the race about 10K in, we're running in the rainforest through like these like massive, like gnarly tree branches. Yeah. middle of the rainforest and you can just hear above you all the orangutans in the trees like calling out to that each other
0: that is awesome
1: yeah and you know I was just running and I was just thinking do you know what whatever happens in this race this right here is an incredible moment and it was very cool that is
0: incredible like I've never experienced that and mm. I mean how many people can actually say that they've <laughs> been in that situation and they've ran through the forest and there are yeah. orangutans above them and all kinds of animals Making noises like who can actually say that? Not many athletes can. That's amazing. Oh it was my very god,
1: cool. yeah, I felt very lucky. <laughs>
0: I, I hope one day I can go and race.
1: You should keep on, yeah. When raise. the world goes back to normal, there's some great locations in Asia. Uh,
0: first, I gotta get permission.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speak to your wife, eat a salad or two. get uh, your hey, good <laughs>
0: If she don't go, I don't go. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> what is your most memorable race?
1: oh goodness it's not necessarily a good reason but the one that (laughs) sticks in my head is um so the yotu kang race in singapore is one that oh goodness it's quite a story so basically it was a sprint um so we went off normal sprint very wet um it was within the middle of Singapore so Singapore doesn't have much in terms of trail or it's very kind of built up so they'd managed to find a little park area and all the obstacles are set up and it was a fast sprint so I knew that it was gonna be like red line so we basically went off the start line and everyone went out so hot and so (laughs) I like running like girls we could probably slow down a little bit here like should we all just take a moment <laughs> and everyone's just disappearing into the distance so i was like okay wow. shit. so like proper fast pace race came in um hit my spear throw so that was great so i'm like yes out i go um and anyway so running through this race and i basically i think i probably went from maybe fifth or sixth and then was kind of picking people off and then realized that we'd kind of come in at the end and i was getting very kind of close to top three and then because it was so wet um i slipped off monkey bars just as another girl who was in front of me slipped off monkey bars um actually my friend alona and basically we then had like this burpee off and this frantic Rings into a frame uh, into slip wall, and then there was a fire jump. And so, in my head, I'm like, proper, like, heart rate is through the roof. I'm just thinking, Come on, like, yes, all you've got to do is get to the finish line, okay. and then that's it. You can do it, like, you, you can stop, you can rest. So, I cannot hear anything going on around me. Like, I'm just focused on this race and kind of getting done. And I throw myself at this a frame and I throw myself down the other side and I run, and I jump over the fire jump, and in my head, I'm like, you've done it, you've passed the fire jump, you can sit down now, so I just, like, peel off to the side, and just, like, plonk myself on the floor, and then, it sounds really weird, but, like, then, like, the world almost came back to normal, and all the sounds came back, and then all I hear is is Sean going, yes, finish line, and so the timing map, the second timing map was not at the fire jump it was like 10 steps after oh the fire my. jump so in that moment that I sit down my friend Alona just runs straight past and so she took first place and Sean is just looking at me like what, what have you done and then obviously by the time I'd realized and got up and like pelted over the finish line so does Sean just, have
0: this look like what what are you doing
1: yeah it's on video video somewhere and you can just hear him going yes finish life honestly so unfortunately it shouldn't be the race that sticks in my head but that's probably the race that I will remember for the rest of my life because but you learn from your mistakes so I've never done it since and I will always make sure I fully clear the line
0: how could you
1: i brought an idiot right (laughs) i wouldn't say
0: that but i can only imagine what sean was thinking like
1: (laughs) he literally but that is an I mean awesome it was an story. experience it's a good story people that find is it hilarious. A great
0: story so. I mean I'm glad you've had you've won a new podium but that's a great story <laughs> stick to that one when people ask you ask you this question just stick to that one
1: <laughs> it always gets a laugh so, so I can laugh about it now there was a sore spot where I wasn't finding it so funny but I'm okay with it now. I
0: mean I I, I would like to get Sean's view on this because I don't think then that was I, I don't think that was funny to him
1: <laughs> do you know what? I think he tried to make light of it because I was so sad <laughs> he did say to me he was like you can be sad about this for the rest of today and then we're gonna move on and I was like okay
0: <laughs> I would have loved to have been there and filmed it, the look on his face that shock
1: <laughs> you know yeah be-
0: <laughs> so which leads oh, me cool to the that. next question what is or who is your biggest inspiration
1: oh so many people I've just can I be, can I say the community in general?
0: Of course, you can see it whatever
1: be, you like. <laughs> that's true. Um, it would be so hard to pick one person. There are people that spring to mind. Um, one of the girls that trains with us, her name's Emily. She's on the pro team too. Um, she's a team grit athlete. And awesome. I think the thing, the beauty of of training with her is that I think there's always a tendency within every sport, right, to compare yourself to other people. And... I think when I moved from age group to elite, I was really kind of set on making sure that things didn't become like super competitive and super kind of like keeping everything very close to your chest. So don't get me wrong. Like if I'm on the start line, it's game on and you better believe I will do anything I can to beat you in that race. But before and after that moment, like it's a community, like we're friends. We should still be friends and whatever happens, we will be friends.
0: Exactly. And I think I think that's the, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, and I think that is the beauty of of training with Emily is that okay. we share everything. So you tend to find people can be a bit closed about their training um, and maybe like their race times and things like that, or their 5k time or whatever it is. And I get that. I understand why and where that comes from. But you also grow so much more when you know what other people are doing. And it's not about kind of comparing yourself and then being better or worse. It's just having that community that you can spur each other on and you can be like, right, we're doing a workout, a racer. Um And I find that to me it brings out the best in me as an athlete. So I just feel very lucky to have people like um, in, like in my training circle, because I know that it's making me the best version of myself.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's awesome that you have that community and that group of people that inspire you. I mean, what I was going to say is that the one thing that every athlete, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, when every athlete, when you ask them this question, every athlete basically has the same answer. The one thing that delivers <laughs> about the sport is the community. The best thing that comes out of the sport is the community. The one thing that is the greatest experience for every athlete of all at, at, of all levels, whether it be open, whether it be age group, uh, competitive to elite, it is the community. When you get to a race and you see your friends and you, and, you, and you have that human interaction, that human connection, and then when you finish that same human interaction and connection to talk about the race, how it went, and you give each other hugs and kisses or whatever the case may be. The high fives and the fist pumps. There's nothing like it. There's no other sport like it. That's the one thing that I think that we all have in common and that we all love and unites us in the in this sport of OCR is yeah. the community itself. And the one thing also, and I don't know if you agree, but it doesn't matter who you are as well, whether you are a leader age group or in the open. You know, when everybody will cheer you on everybody will support you and give you that push and and help you finish that finish, you know, finish that cross line. It's, it's amazing how we all come together worldwide. This sport is amazing for that.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's what we always try and take. We'll either take a team out, an open team after or we'll do some volunteering. And I've been quite lucky a few times and they've put me on like handing out medals at the end of the race. And it is just, it's the best job ever. So I just, because after a race, I'm just pumped anyway, because I'm just so high on adrenaline and, and like you say, the community and the experience, but being able to stand there as like people are coming in and it might be their first race. It might yeah. be um, that they've got together and there's a big group of them and just being able to be the person that's giving them that medal that they've worked really hard for is, is just the best. So that's often a highlight yeah. when I get to do that.
0: I love it when people cheer and support me. I have a good team that helps me with my training, but I'm also the biggest fan of every athlete out there. You know, every athlete out there, it doesn't matter where you're from. I will cheer for you just to see people fight Mm. their way through a chorus and do the obstacles and finish. That to me is remarkable. I love that. And I will cheer for you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, I will cheer for you. (laughs) And I think Uh, that's
1: the beauty of social media as well. Sorry, because there have been so many people that I've met as a result of Team Grit and as a result of racing. And like I've got friends worldwide now and I've not met half of them in person, but (laughs) you chat every day and you share tips and like, I'm always more than happy to talk through like how I'm training and what I'm doing. And I really love the ability to kind of connect with different people. So I think it's a community in the race and it's a community beyond that as well. And I think that's really special.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think I find myself having more online friends than I do real friends. <laughs> <You know, where laughs> okay. yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so how do you approach nutrition?
1: It's, been a very long journey. Um, Yeah, I think, so I've always been okay with nutrition. I've, I tended to eat too much um, and I still really like food. So there's basically nothing that I won't eat. Um, I had kind of a a tricky transitional phase when basically before I got into OCR, this is random. I had this kind of brief period where I didn't know if I wanted to be a bikini model. Um, so yeah. I think what had happened is I'd gone from being like really overweight and unfit and then I'd lost all of this weight and I, similar to like when I race ultras, you kind of want to know how far you're capable of going. Okay. So it would got to the point where I was like, okay, well I've lost like this amount of weight and I look fairly good now. What could I kind of keep going and what would be the end goal there? And actually that kind of lent itself to, okay. to bikini modeling. So We then, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do this. So started training me me and Sean went on this horrible cut where we, we basically just ate chicken and broccoli for maybe four weeks, but poor Sean, because I went to work every day. And so I, we basically on a Sunday, we would just prep like boxes and boxes of like oatmeal and chicken and broccoli and I would take mine to school and I had a microwave so I would heat up my chicken and broccoli and poor Sean we didn't have a microwave and he was working from home so he would eat cold chicken and broccoli every single day and we talk about it like to be fair we did both lose a fair amount of weight but it was absolutely miserable and obviously it's just not sustainable so Yeah, I kind of realized that that wasn't gonna work. And then, so i read, I don't know if you've read the book, um, Racing Weight by Matt Fitzgerald. So No, I have not. Okay, so that for me was kind of like a pivotal point where I realized that for so long, I'd been eating to lose weight because I needed to. And then I kind of realized from reading the book that actually I was still eating to lose weight, but actually I was expecting my body to perform at an athletic level and the two just weren't working so it's a really good read if you're kind of if you're toying with nutrition or you're just interested in stuff like that I actually really recommend it as a book but it just made me realize that if I wanted to perform well I needed to fuel my body in doing so um so I just kind of tend to stick to it I think for me it needs to be if you want to do it it needs to be manageable and it needs to be achievable in the long term so I basically I limit my meat intake for sustainability reasons um so I kind of make a conscious effort to make sure I'm getting protein just because I'm not eating like the easy sources of meat always and then in terms of what else I eat I try and kind of be clean eating 90% of the time and then we tend to have a meal kind of once a week where we'll go for burgers or we'll have a pizza normally after a big workout on on a Saturday so yeah I'm not I think there's probably still room for improvement, but I don't want it to fully consume everything that I do. So yeah. it's finding that balance.
0: Yeah, of course, exactly. It's finding that balance. Even with me, like I had to lose a lot of weight when I got into uh, um, uh, to become a, an a Spartan athlete or just an OCR athlete. Um, but yeah, I like you mentioned before, you you have an Italian background, and so <laughs> you with the with that and the foods that you know that you would make you know, they're big plates and they would fill you and oh, yeah. it wasn't healthy. The same mm-hmm. thing because I'm Spanish. And so we have numerous plates, if not all of them, where they're not really healthy for me. And I would eat mm. that a lot. And so I gained a lot of weight. And so I became a bodybuilder. I was weighing 200 pounds oh, wow. well, when I started OCR. Um, it was introduced through a, 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 an athlete. His name is Jesse Bruce. Um, mm-hmm. I was weighing 200 pounds. There was just no way I was going to do this. I was huffing Monkey and puffing. Monkey Balls
1: are quite tricky, yeah. By the time
0: I got <laughs> to the first obstacle, I'd be huffing and puffing, and i will be on my knees praying to God, what happened? What did I do? How did I get here? <laughs> and where's the door? I want to go home.
1: <laughs> How do I get out?
0: <laughs> and so I had to change that that lifestyle. And so, you know, moving forward... I'm in a good place. I got my nutritionist. I I follow what she says and what she gives me and, and so it's like I am thankful and I'm able to now not only eat properly but feel the body properly, train properly. I have energy in the tank. I'm not exhausted. I sleep well. So there's so many things that come into play when you when you're an athlete. So so many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how do you feel for races? I mean, of course, it depends on the distance that you're going to be doing. But in general, how would you feel for races?
1: So I found that really interesting um, because obviously when I did an ultra, I had to like, you can't not fuel for an ultra. It just isn't going to happen. So exactly. I re- <laughs> I realized that I'd kind of been bumbling by just kind of grabbing whatever gels I could find. And yeah. I think I'd done maybe one or two beasts and... I didn't really know what I was doing. And then when I signed up for the ultra, I thought, okay, I really need to get a handle on this now. So I did a bit of research. I realized actually after a few long runs that the standard like cliff gels and stuff just really do not sit well with me. And the more I speak to people, the more that seems to be quite common. Yeah. Um, so I was obviously training in hot climate. So it's basically 35 degrees and like 90% humidity every day in Singapore. So it was definitely a case of hydration was key. And then the product that I find really works for me is Tailwind. Um, So depending on the distance, yeah, it's so good. And I think the fact that it's not sticky and syrupy and I can just be drinking it as I'm going is the big game changer. Um, Because I also really struggle, like these people who do ultras and they're like running eating burritos, I do not know how you're doing it. You are a, you're just a a, a person that I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Hey, we do it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I'm very much a liquid diet while I'm running. Um, so yeah, so basically for me, it's water and tailwind. And then I tend to chuck in maybe like some energy blocks or some gummies, just in case I wanna mix it up a bit. But yeah. that tends to get me through fine. And then I'll just bury wow. it, I'll have more depending on the distance.
0: Yeah, you know what? I've never said this on, on air, um, mm. but tailwind is good. Tailwind, if you're <laughs> listening, I like your stuff. We both do. Yeah,
1: I do. Uh, <laughs>
0: water, it always works. <laughs> you can never go wrong with water. <laughs> but the one thing I do do that I, I, not many people know, actually mm. nobody knows in the, other than my wife and now you, I'm going to say it. You know the baby packet gels? Uh, uh okay. The, the baby formulas? Yeah. You, you know They are they're full of calories in there, especially when mm. you do long runs. So I use a lot of those. That's interesting. It's, it's easy on the stomach and your mm-hmm. digestive system as well. You don't get bloated and you don't get that uneasy, you know, feeling when you're running long distances, mm-hmm. and um, so. I take a lot of those and now oh. everybody knows my secret. Yeah. Oh, darn it. To
1: know. <laughs> I'm okay. go so, and I'll be buying baby food and my husband's going to be very confused. <laughs> yeah. It has, you know, it's
0: sweet potatoes. It has beets, apples, okay. and, and every so many, what is it, every half hour. When Depending on my runs, whether I, you know, especially now when I train, when I get to a certain time zone, I, I, I take it and it's so easy on the stomach. Tailwind oh, is as well. Okay. is really good for you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there you go.
1: Oh, top two. I like it. <laughs>
0: oh my god but yeah so you drink a lot of water you take tailwind um so is that your fuel i guess also when you do long distance like 50ks
1: yeah so when i did so i've done a few ultras now and yeah that's basically it so i just what i do is i tend to make like a one soft bottle that's like super concentrated so i'll put like 10 scoops in there and then i have a soft bottle But I don't drink it all at once. So then I have a soft bottle with water and then I'll just top this one up as and when I need it. But it's always fun at the end of an ultra because all my tailwind has caffeine in. So I'll lay in bed after an ultra. I'm like, I'm never sleeping again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like wired for the next two days. Like I had a lovely time and I'll be awake forever.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) So let's touch base on, uh, on recovery when do you know you got to take a step back when you've been pushing so hard what does your recovery tend to look like
1: that's really interesting so actually because i've just moved back to the uk so one of the things that isn't accessible in singapore is cbd oil um so i don't know whether you've used it before but i had never used it and actually realized having moved here that there's quite a lot i think lots of i mean if you're listening, track for yourself. Lots of the research at the minute that I can find is anecdotal. There's not really any hardcore kind of numbers-based stuff. But I decided that I'd give it a go. Um, as with anything, and I have been really, really surprised at the benefits that it's having. So wow. I have, I have an Aura ring. Um, I don't know whether you've used these. So basically, it measures my heart rate variability, my body temperature, it tracks my sleep um and then each morning it gives me like a readiness score and it basically says like yeah it's clever it's a bit like the whoop if you've seen the whoop but I have the whoop okay great so it's like a whoop but
0: it's charging right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) so my husband has a whoop and I have this and it's always a bit of a battle
0: yeah Um, so I'm not wearing it
1: yeah (laughs) but for me what I've noticed and you'll know so it's a similar thing with the recovery score is that since I've been home so in Singapore I used to always take Um, an active recovery day and then like a full rest day. And so on my active recovery, I might do a slow run. I might do some bouldering, um, but my rest day was just a rest day. Like I was allowed to walk and that was it. And so when we came home, obviously I had the same structure in place. And I was realizing that not only was my recovery score from my aura about 10 to 15 points higher every day, it was staying at a consistently high rate across the board as well. So I've actually dropped now and I'm only having one rest day a week because, and I'm doing lots of kind of double days, A, because I have more time because I'm working from home. Um, But it's been really, really interesting just to see what impact that has had on my body. Um, Yeah, so we'll kind of keep playing around. And then there's other things that I've done Consistently since my overtraining days. Um, So, I have some big inflatable blue legs which I use every day. So, they're kind of compression based recovery, and I love those. And then, um, just good sources of kind of nutrition, as you know, is really important in recovery as well. Exactly. So, it's a very big picture. I think it's about working, finding what works for you, but sleep, I think, is hugely key. Um, I am not a party animal. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> i went to stay at my mum's house the other day and they were all playing games and it got to 10 and i was like guys it is it is past my bedtime i'm gonna see you in the morning they were like oh you're so boring yeah i am i, I don't care <laughs>
0: no i agree i don't know what my friends find that to be weird you know once 10 hits I- i'm sorry I-, I gotta be home i gotta be resting I agree. <laughs> I- i'm boring yes i know this I tell myself this every day in front of the mirror I, I and I accept it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm totally
1: okay with it. <laughs> exactly.
0: And the wife is the same. You know, we love our rest and it's so important. Like you said, so you hit it right on the nose on that. It's rest. Your sleep is so important and crucial, especially if you're mm. an athlete 100%. and with your recovery. And Sean would know because your whoop will tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it tells me off. He does, yeah. It has been quite interesting, actually, because like we will look at the, the score and adapt my training. So if I do have a day where we've plan something in and, and my score is like super high or super low, we'll adjust based on that. So the data is cool. I do enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So what can we expect from Jesse when the season starts next year? What are your goals? Good question.
1: Um, well, having moved to a different area. So in terms of kind of competition and performance, I'm expecting... A lot from the UK so the UK girls are there's quite a bigger scene here than there was in Asia and they are fast so I've got a bit of time now to put some work in um, training hard and Hopefully, you will see me on some podiums in the UK and Europe if things go to plan. But once COVID has settled, I'm really excited about getting around to some of the Europe races as well. Because I know that not only are there Spartans, there's a lot more kind of varying races there too. Um, And I'll probably dip a toe in some trail races as well just to see kind of where I stack up there. So, it's exciting.
0: I like that. Oh, you are (laughs) already... You're already promising us uh, podiums. I, I like that. Uh, I like that. Well, fingers. That go. is positive I'll try my best. thinking. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> to You've all your competitors, to yeah. To all the athletes, beware, man. She's gonna podium, man. That's that, That's just what's gonna happen. Sorry.
1: I'm just gonna try. <laughs> hey, if I don't believe it, who will, right? <laughs> you, you may
0: just want to stay home, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think first place is in your grasp. <laughs> no but those are good goals those are great goals is there anything uh else that you'd like to mention that i may have missed uh any shout outs to your sponsors
1: uh oh good question i i think we've covered it to be honest obviously team grit is my baby so if you haven't checked us out please do get in touch um just come and say hi that would be great um sponsor wise I'm very lucky to work with the recovery system so the big blue legs I talked about uh we do some work together so I uh, get yeah, awesome. them they keep, they keep my legs very healthy um, nice and yeah I'm just in a place now where it's kind of getting settled obviously this year is a very strange one but I think in terms of kind of people that are listening I think that there are so many kind of disappointments this year, and I've found it hard with kind of moving goalposts to stay on track in training. Sure. But I think the more you can kind of double down and use the community that you've got, the kind of the easier it is to stay on track. So, virtual events or like a Zoom workout with a friend, I think, are really helpful. Um, but yeah, to anyone that is listening who is interested, please do reach out if you've got any questions or you want to talk about anything. I'm a talker. I love to talk. Um, and I didn't I notice. Think- <laughs> I think for me is I spent a lot of time while I was progressing from kind of age group to elite like looking at the girls online and being like oh my goodness they're amazing but I don't want to bother them like I don't want to message them and ask questions that would be annoying for them I'm sure hundreds of people do so if you are listening and you do think oh I'd really like to learn this or I don't know how to do this I might not have an answer but I might so always feel free to reach out and message because if we can get one more person racing or change someone's life or start someone on a journey for fitness, then, then that's pretty awesome.
0: So that is pretty, yeah, yeah that, that is awesome. <laughs> um, so I have a, a, a two question here. So mm-hmm. if anybody is looking to find out more about uh, team grid OCR mm-hmm. online, where can they go? And if anybody wanted to know more about uh, you, Jesse and Sean, Mm -hmm. uh being that he's a personal trainer and all uh where can they go to find out more about you guys
1: yeah so basically if you go into google and type in team grit ocr our website will pop up there if you're on instagram that's the platform that we're kind of most responsive on so it's at teamgrit.ocr and then my handle and sean's handle are on that front page so if you just jump on there you'll find both of us and you can send us a message drop us an email whatever works yeah reach out.
0: Yeah. Everybody reach out. You got any questions you want to ask, something you want to know, go ahead or drop me a line and I'll be more than glad to pass it on. Um, You know, it's truly been a pleasure uh, speaking with you today, Jesse. I learned so much from you. Uh, I'm inspired by your story and how you got here and now being a, uh, spartan pro team uh member uh you know what you have a remarkable story thank you for sharing uh your story with me uh today um i wish you all the very best in your training i can't wait to see you um running uh next year and uh for everybody that's listening uh thank you for tuning in Uh, i hope you guys learned as much as i have i guys get out there Go get, you know, get training. Uh, Enjoy your day. Jesse, once again, thank you for uh, taking the time to speak with me today out of your busy schedule. Uh, I had so much fun. I hope you did too.
1: I did. I had so much fun. It was great to chat and I really appreciate it. So thank you.
0: So you have yourself a great day and everybody take care and I'll see you guys soon.